Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Friday, May 26th, and we start, as always, with local news. Murray County Public Schools, just like all school districts across the state, are scrambling to implement a new state law that requires low-performing third-grade students to retake a literacy portion of the Tennessee Comprehensive Assessment Program by June 5th. Approximately 50% of Murray County third-grade students will be retaking the test, Murray County Public Schools Superintendent Lisa Ventura estimated this week. Third-graders who received a mark of below or approaching proficiency on the English and Language Arts portion of TCAP are mandated to retake a literacy portion of the test between May 22nd and June 5th, according to the Tennessee Department of Education. Though exemptions apply to some students, including English language arts, students with disabilities, and those who have been previously retained. Ventura emphasized that the state is providing multiple options for students to advance to fourth grade. Because there are so many different pathways to advance, there is wiggle room, Ventura said. Those pathways include, but are not limited to, passing the ELA reassessment, attending summer literacy camp to achieve a better score, and tutoring in fourth grade. Amid the district's attention to underperforming third-grade students, the most recent third-grade averages in reading released by the state Wednesday show potential increases compared to last school year. Average third-grade 2023 TCAP scores released by the Tennessee Department of Education on Wednesday afternoon show a potential increase of up to 3% in ELA reading scores among third-graders, roughly compared to last school year. Third-grade students in Murray County Public Schools scored as follows, according to the Department of Education. Below proficiency, 25.95%. Approaching proficiency, 37.54%. Meets proficiency, 27.38%. Exceeds proficiency, 9.13%. And total proficiency, 36.51%. Spring Hills Board of Mayor and Aldermen voted unanimously last week to approve a $55 million tax incremental financing plan, or TIF, to the Brentwood-based developer Southstar for the development of the crossings. Of the $55 million, $24 million is contingent upon the U.S. Tennis Association's regional headquarters project being built as, as it is tied to a parking garage structure. The remaining amount will negate most of the costs associated with completing necessary public infrastructure in the city. The developer is expecting to come out of pocket with $12 million on the infrastructure costs. The first portion of this TIF is being used to develop Crossings Boulevard and to widen Kedron Road and fix some Kedron Road intersections, City Administrator Pam Kasky said. This is a city obligation that we should have done already, but instead we have a very kind developer who is going to take that on as his debt load, which is great because we don't have any more debt load to take it on with, she said. Industrial Development Board Member Clint McCain agreed, A huge benefit here is the infrastructure piece. That directly benefits the residents of Spring Hill, he said. Currently, the development brings in an annual property tax of around $3,000, and the city would continue to collect that amount throughout the process, and 40% of property taxes generated above that will still be remitted to Murray County for public school use. While the TIF may appear as if a government entity is giving away money it would otherwise collect, Betsy Knotts, counsel at Bassberry and Sims, reminded the Spring Hill Industrial Development Board that none of the tax revenues that will be realized are currently being collected. 
The goal of tax incremental financing is to bring a government entity in partnership with a private entity to create a self-supporting project and create a new stream of ad valorem tax revenue. Revenues that wouldn't be there had, had you not brought these two entities together, she said. Rather than only collecting $3,000 annually on the large area of land, a study by the Younger Group, an economic development research firm, predicted the development would bring in multi-millions of dollars in annual tax revenue. The $55 million figure is of the maximum allowed by this agreement, and the term would be for 20 years, though it could be sooner, according to commercial real estate attorney Tom Trent. Alderman Trent Linville asked about the impact to Murray County schools once the build-out of 1,600 units is completed. Using a formula widely accepted nationwide and proven locally at different developments, it is estimated that the entire project will yield only around 150 students. The estimated monetary value over the first 20 years to the school system, however, according to Trent, is $56 million. When completed, the 213-acre project is slated to include two hotels, the USTA Regional Headquarters, 535,000 square feet of retail, and the 1,600 residential units built around 17 acres of parks. We want the ability to have outdoor food vendors, an outdoor market on a Saturday morning, or if there is an event at the U.S. Tennis Association area, you would have that pedestrian mall area without cars going up and down. Greg Gamble of Gamble Design told the Board of Mayor and Alderman at the initial presentation, This is large enough to have outdoor events, pop-up tents, and even an ice skating rink during the winter. We want to create a place where people can come and really experience their community here, he said. Murray County senior Maggie Barnes will be driving the open road after winning a 2023 Jeep Compass at the Strive to Drive contest that was held back in April. Murray County Public Schools recently celebrated the Senior Salute Day and Strive to Drive car giveaway at the Columbia Central High School football stadium at Murray County Park. In 2015, Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat owner Mr. Eddie Collier came up with a program with then-Superintendent Eddie Hickman, which is still in place today. Collier wanted to help students succeed, to help them plan for college or enter the workforce out of high school. He knew that getting good grades, attending school every day, and planning for their future were all integral to striving for success. As a result, Strive to Drive was formed between Columbia CDJRF and Murray County Public Schools. The program recognizes seniors for achieving the A-B honor roll and having perfect attendance in a nine-week marking period. Each marking period, the senior would get an entry for each criterion into a drawing for a brand new car provided free of charge from Columbia's CDJRF. Later in the program, the FAFSA and Tennessee Promise completion were added to the criteria. Within, with four nine-week periods of school, a student who received good grades and perfect attendance each quarter could earn up to eight entries for the car. And if they completed the FAFSA and Tennessee Promise, this added two more for a total of ten entries. These incentives have helped students strive for better grades, attendance, and future planning with an opportunity to win a new vehicle from Columbia CDJRF. Murray County Public Schools is grateful to Mr. Collier and his team, who have continued this great tradition of promoting grades, attendance, and planning for high school seniors since 2015, said Communications Director Jack Cobb. The Murray County Sheriff's Department SROs also gave a laptop computer away, and there were other drawings of gift cards and other promotions. Food was provided during the event as well. 
Over eight years, including this ninth, approximately $350,000 has been awarded during Strive to Drive to promote education in Murray County. In addition to the Strive to Drive program, Murray County Public Schools hosted a Senior Salute Day recognizing many seniors for their accomplishments at Murray County Public Schools. At the Senior Salute Day, there were activities throughout the stadium grounds, such as opportunities to talk to recruiters from local businesses and military branches. Part of a city's planning goals isn't always what's on the agenda from month to month, but in how it plans to shape the community's land use long term. The heart of the Columbia Connect Columbia Comprehensive Plan, first established in 2018, is based on helping to shape growth for years to come in Columbia. The plan takes a three-pronged approach, working as a guideline for decision-making, primarily in regard to transportation, land use, and park space. Another key element to the plan is input generated by the public. The city hosted its second and final public forum for the public this week at Riverwalk Park. The feedback, which will be implemented into proposed updates and changes that will be presented to the Municipal Planning Commission and later Columbia City Council. This is very important because the first step that happens when somebody comes to us with a proposal, the first thing we do is open the book and see if it fits the comprehensive plan. Vice Mayor Randy McBroom said, It has to fit the comp plan if it hopes to move forward, he said. In addition to city leaders and planners, Tuesday's meeting was attended by several citizens and business owners, many who took advantage of the opportunity to provide input. Oftentimes, when decisions are being made, strategic decisions, you'll hear someone say, oh, I was never given the opportunity or was asked, and I feel like the city has done a good job in making us aware, and that's not just as a business owner, but as a citizen. Mealtown Coffee Roasters co-owner Chris Coyne said, I like the idea that they are really trying to be intentional with this, he said. Tuesday's meeting, which took place at Riverwalk Farmers Market Pavilion, featured multiple stations with maps detailing each element of the plan. One area included ideas to identify new districts within the city, such as developing Columbia Arts District, Hatcher Lane, and Riverside neighborhoods. What would you like to see more in these areas, such as more residential, grocery stores, and things like that? Columbia Main Street Director Kelly Johnson said, Like in the Arts District, people want to see the road get done, have more walkability, and more places to park. They want to see more mixed-use areas for artists using the commercial space and finding the right people to invest in it, she said. Director of Development Services Paul Keltner said the thing to keep in mind is how each aspect of the plan works together, from having enough roadway infrastructure to service certain land uses, as well as how much park space will be dedicated in the process. They all interrelate to each other, Keltner said. Every three to five years, we want to review this, especially at the fast pace that Columbia is growing, to make sure it is growing with the vision that the community wants to see. It's a very important document because all of the technical and sub-documents look to this plan based on what's going to be built there, he said. Keltner added that input from the public is also vital, of vital importance in shaping the comprehensive plan. We work for the public, and so it's their input that helps direct where it's going, Keltner said. In the end, it's their community, and they are the ones telling us how they want to see it. It's our job, then, to put it into a form that is adoptable by the city council, he said. Keltner concluded, saying city staff hopes to present an updated plan based on the public feedback sometime in July, when it will go before a planning commission and later to city council for a vote. After what has been a growing and thriving downtown over the last several years, Mount Pleasant is beginning to see some of the luster wear off, according to some business owners. 
Three businesses have shut their doors for good or moved to other locations, and two more will soon be moving on as well. The reasons are many, but one common theme among these business owners is concern surrounding the upcoming streetscape project. Donna Morenci of Mount Pleasant Main Street knows it won't be easy to navigate. Honestly, it's going to be a tough year, she said. Most cities that have gone through this, they get through it, and we can too. But we have to be purposeful about it, she said. One business owner said she was very excited about what downtown would look like when the project is completed and that as a resident, she is excited. But as a business owner, she's a little worried. I can't wait to see what it looks like when they're done, but right now I'm losing sleep over what's going to happen when they start working on the road, Cleo Lemberg, owner of Pinch of the Past, said. Morenci agreed. The end result will be positive, not only for businesses, but for shoppers and residents of Mount Pleasant. The Streetscape project will include a massive sewer system replacement that's simply necessary for the city to continue to grow, according to Mayor Bill White. The project will run from Mount Pleasant Grill to Church Street, but will be done in small sections, so as not to disrupt anything at once. Digging downtown is a social media approach to help businesses by sharing what to expect during the construction. Use signage to steer customers to parking locations and which entrances are easily accessible, City Manager Kate Collier said. Mount Pleasant is not the first city to undergo construction in their downtown area. There will be some growing pains, and the Main Street program, along with the city, wants to provide assistance, she said. According to Collier, the engineering firm the city is using also designed Franklin Streetscape over 20 years ago, something she hopes will encourage those business owners during the process. It is all doable, and we will get through it as best as we can, she said. The city is in desperate need of an upgrade to its sewer system, which is what spurred the initial conversation about construction around the town square. Mayor White and the city council agreed that if the need was already there to dig up those existing lines and replace them, why not replace other utilities as well for a cleaner look? We were going to have to dig up the street no matter what, he said. This felt like the perfect opportunity to not only fix what can't be seen, but also what we can see, he said. The town applied for and was awarded several grants for the project. TDOT awarded the city $1.25 million in Transportation Alternatives Program, or TAP, grant funds in 2018 for the pedestrian improvements. As part of the grant agreement, the city must provide a minimum match of 20% to receive those funds. Phase 1 of the Downtown Revitalization Project will include new accessible sidewalks, ADA-compliant pedestrian ramps, new pedestrian lighting and amenities including benches, trash receptacles, and bike racks. The city bid out the project in open bids May 11th, and the sole bidder came in at more than $6 million, while the estimated cost from the engineers was $3 million. The city is working with the Tennessee Department of Transportation and the engineers to determine what the next steps will be. There may be additional grant money, or the city may bid the project out a second time. Once that process is complete and work begins, Morency said it's more crucial than ever to continue to support small local businesses in downtown Mount Pleasant. Eat at the Mount Pleasant Grill. Get a coffee or sandwich at Town Coffee, she said. It may take you five minutes longer, but it will be worth it to keep our small businesses thriving during that time, she said. The African-American Heritage Society of Murray County announces a fundraising luncheon for the creation of an African-American museum and cultural center in Columbia. The fundraising luncheon is scheduled for Saturday, May 27th at 11.45 a.m. at West 7th Street Church of Christ, located at 405 West 7th Street in Columbia. Tickets to the luncheon are free, though a $10 donation for the catered lunch is suggested. 
Funds raised from this event will help establish an African-American museum and cultural center in Murray County. Joanne McClellan, president of the African-American Heritage Society of Murray County and Murray County historian, serves as the featured speaker for this event. Her presentation is entitled, Making a Way for Themselves, Faith, Family, Education, and Entrepreneurship, and showcases the courageous stories of African Americans in Murray County. The event is co-sponsored by St. Peter's Episcopal Church in Columbia. The Society's vision is an indoor museum space to tell the stories of the struggles and triumphs of African Americans, said McClellan. The exhibits and programming will include stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things to build the African-American community by establishing churches, schools, businesses, and benevolent organizations. Other presenters at the event will include Representative Scott Sapicki, the Reverend Father Chris Bowie from St. Peter's Episcopal Church, and Bishop Phoebe Ralph from the Episcopal Diocese of West Tennessee. St. Peter's is delighted to be a part of raising the voices and stories of resilience, success, and influence in the African-American community in Columbia, both before and after the Civil War, said Father Bowie. The experience of the gospel of Jesus Christ has been particularly important to the African-American community in Murray County and has played a vital role not only in religion, but also in education, he said. You can register the event by visiting www.stpeterscolumbia.org forward slash AAHSMC. Founded in 2012, the African American Heritage Society in Murray County is a nonprofit 501c3 organization whose mission is to preserve the heritage and history of African Americans of Murray County, Tennessee. And now, your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. Everett Aiken Grimmett, 83, a retired owner and operator of Grimmett Home Inspections and a resident of Columbia, died May 22nd at NHC Columbia. Funeral services for Mr. Grimmett will be conducted on Saturday at 11 a.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Cedar Hill Cemetery. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help, gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer. And why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important. But we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things. So the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours. And we invite you to experience the difference. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors. 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have plenty of sunshine today with a high of 81 degrees. Winds will be out of the north-northeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect a few clouds and a low of 58. For your holiday weekend forecast, we will have mostly cloudy skies on Saturday and Sunday with mostly sunny skies again on Memorial Day. The highs will be in the mid-70s. Overnight lows will be in the low to mid-50s. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. 
family first. <laughs> My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard. The same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg. We do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. Coach, baseball is back, and WKRM 103.7 is excited to bring you coverage and sponsorship options for this 2023 season. That's right, Taff, and this year our advertising partners had the option to sponsor our live Little League coverage, Atlanta Braves coverage, or a combo package that carry both of them. This area loves baseball, and what a great way to support the community by helping us bring coverage of our Little League, but also taking a moment to promote local businesses. People are crazy about the Atlanta Braves. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's something special and timeless about baseball radio broadcast. There sure is. So visit Front Porch Radio TN and click on the blue Advertise With Us button for more information about how your company can sponsor baseball of all kinds this season with WKRM. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Governor Bill Lee has authorized the deployment of 100 Tennessee National Guard members to the U.S. southern border. 
The announcement on Wednesday follows a joint statement from Governor Lee and other Republican governors last week and a border security briefing in Austin and on Monday, where Governor Texas Governor Greg Abbott invited states to support Operation Lone Star to secure the U.S. southern border following the end of Title 42. Title 42 is a federal public health order that expired on May 11th. The law made it easier for the Department of Homeland Security to turn away migrants. America continues to face an unprecedented border crisis that threatens our nation's security and the safety of Tennesseans, Governor Lee said in a statement. The federal government owes Americans a plan to secure our country, and in the meantime, states continue to answer this important call to service. I am again authorizing the Tennessee National Guard to help secure the southern border, and I commend these troops for providing critical support, he said. The Tennessee National Guard members will deploy at the end of May to provide support along the U.S. southern border in the following ways. By patrolling and providing additional security presence along the border, assisting road and route clearance, barrier placement and debris removal, and staffing outpost operations. The Tennessee National Guard has supported border security efforts in the past. In December of 2021, Governor Lee authorized 50 additional troops to respond to the surge in illegal crossings and drug-related activity along the U.S. southern border. Lee also visited more than 300 Tennesseans stationed at the border in July of 2021. The men and women of the Tennessee National Guard are always ready to serve their country anywhere, anytime, said Brigadier General Warner Ross, Tennessee's Adjutant General. These troops are a capable contingent that will continue our longstanding tradition of responding to the call to aid our fellow Americans, he said. The Tennessee National Guard is proud to serve and support our state partners in safeguarding the United States along the U.S. southern border. Congressman Andy Ogles, who represents Tennessee's 5th Congressional District, has announced the winners of the 2023 Congressional Art Competition. The first place winner was Luke Campbell of Ravenwood High School. His art piece, Popping Bubble, will be displayed in the United States Capitol Building for the next year, proudly representing the 5th District. Campbell also was awarded a generous $1,000 prize scholarship to Columbia State Community College. He will have the opportunity to travel to Washington, D.C. later this year to attend a reception for the winning artists from across the country. Bethany Little, a senior at Mount Juliet Christian Academy, took second place for her painting, Brotherly Love, while Ibtahal Checo, a sophomore at Nashville's Hume Fogg Academic High School, finished third for a digital art piece titled Liberty and Justice for All. It was a privilege to celebrate all of the incredibly talented young artists in our district, said Ogles. I am thankful for each of the students, parents, teachers, and sponsors that made this year's competition a success. A special thank you to competitor Lucy Allen, who kindly donated her entry to my Columbia District office for everyone to enjoy. I am excited to see Luke's creativity and skill on display in the halls of our nation's capital, he said. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Memorial Day weekend is more than just having a day off from work, but a time to reflect and enjoy the freedoms we have and the ones who fought and died to keep them safe. In Columbia, Memorial Day is traditionally celebrated with a remembrance ceremony at Polk Memorial Gardens, which will once again take place starting at 10 a.m. on Monday. The service will honor each branch of the U.S. military, including traditional patriotic songs, a flag-folding ceremony in honor of a local veteran, and much more. This year's guest speaker will be U.S. Army National Guard veteran Dalton Soucy. Looking for some fun, a trip down to the Big Easy, and a load up on crawfish, boiled shrimp, and other Louisiana favorites at Amber Falls Winery and Cellar celebrates its 13th annual Cajun Fest. Cajun Fest will kick off at noon Saturday with benefits going to the Boys and Girls Club of Murray County. Tickets are $25 for adults, 21 and over, $15 for ages 12 to 20, and no cost for children 11 and under. Lorette's Cajun Seafood will be providing the events menu, which will include beignets, smoked boudin links, chicken and sausage jambalaya, and, of course, lots of boiled crawfish and shrimp. You can learn more by visiting www.amberfallswinery.com. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back on Tuesday to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great holiday weekend. 